KINY Juno. Now from the Alaska Airlines Studio, local first news for Juno in all of Southeast Alaska. From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. These are the stories we're following this hour. Traditional clinket hand gestures could be used in language learning. The Innovation Summit is happening this week, and Search is preparing for their annual ROAR conference. But first, Jeff Lehrer, PhD, a linguist at Sea Alaska Heritage Institute, is excited for the launch of a new program that will document the clinket gesture system. Most of what is known about the clinket gesture system was documented by Lehrer in his manuscript report on the clinket gestural system. He began studying the clinket language in 1964 and worked with fluent gesturer Elizabeth Nyman, a clinket elder from Atlanta, Canada, to record more than a hundred clinket gestures. Some gestures have also been identified by Robbie Littlefield of Sitka. The SHI program will work to recover other gestures still known and used by Clinket elders and investigate whether similar structures exist for Haida and Shimshian languages. Lair talks about possible ways to find solutions for when there is no known gesture. If we don't have, say, a sign for female or yellow, and what do we do about it? Because we're going to want those concepts when we teach Slingit in the classroom. There are several possibilities. One is that you could simply adopt a sign from an existing sign language like ASL. Another very interesting possibility would be Plains Indian Sign Language. He is looking for people with knowledge of gestures to contribute to the program. Right now I'm reaching out to people that might be willing and able to participate. They could write an email to Jeff period Lear, L-E-E-R, at cialaska.com, and I would be really interested in any feedback anyone has to offer, possibly being able to contribute, especially if, if they've had experience as hunters or fishermen communicating over open water, in which case you have to use hand signals or gestures. SHI is sponsoring the program through reparation funds given to the Institute in October by the Northern Light United Church Northwest Coast Presbytery and Presbyterian Church USA. The payment was meant to atone for the racially motivated closure of a Juno church in 1963 that was ministered by the late Clinket spiritual leader, Dr. Walter Sobolov. Brian Holst, director of Juno Economic Development Council, joined Capital Chat to talk about the annual Innovation Summit that kicked off yesterday and continues through today. He explains the theme of this year's summit. Many of us, all, probably a lot of us, are kind of wonder what the future holds. Uh, maybe, oh maybe we're not super satisfied with the tra- trajectory in our communities. You know, in Juneau, for example, we're, we, in some ways, where we've got our economy is our economy today is super strong. But when we look out forward, we, we see the declining population. We see the um, aging population. We see our youth numbers going down, and we we really need to think what is going on. Make sure we understand it, and we have to think about the future. And so it, it is really hard to know the future. So we're not going to try to attempt to predict the future. But what we what scenario thinking is about is coming up with future scenarios. And Sherry Patterson joined Capital Chat from Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium to talk about the 2024 ROAR, Reclaim, Own, and Renew Women's Conference on March 22nd and 23rd at Centennial Hall. She says she believes that there are things different generations young and old, can learn from each other. 
We had a vision a few years ago to um, bring women together and uh, to encourage and empower and inspire. We've been doing it now since 2019, except for a couple years during COVID. And we're just really excited uh, to bring it back this year full blast. And and so this year we're, going, we're looking at, uh, as you already said, navigating wellness, wisdom and wholeness across the generations. So we have uh, three panels and uh, several speakers. We have speakers for each generation. Tickets are available on Search's website. Coming up, enjoy downtown's events for First Friday tomorrow. That story next with Jordan Lewis when Local First News continues. Beth Weigel and Juno Douglas City Museum Director joined Capital Chat. The community art exhibit will open tomorrow night from 4 to 7 p.m. with 49 stellar submissions. We do this 12 by 12 community art exhibit every year for the past 20 years. So this is the 20th annual, so kind of a special marking of time as well. And it's a community art exhibit, so anybody from the community can participate. Uh, the rules are really just your piece has to be 12 by 12 or 12 by 12 by 12 if reaching towards 3D. And we, you know, every year after the exhibit is over, we have collected um, suggestions from the community and we kind of look at that list and think about what we could uh, do for the theme for the following year. And so we were, a lot of people were interested in time and things like that and space and the Stellar exhibit will remain open until April 20th. An Alaska House member proposed a bill that seeks to establish definitions of life and person in criminal law, prompting dozens of Alaskans to testify against it, saying it would unconstitutionally limit abortions in the state. Representative Kevin McCabe, a Republican from Big Lake, said his bill is, quote, simply my attempt to define life for the statute and, quote, ensure fair treatment and protection for all individuals, including those yet to be born. He said the bill would define a fetus as a person. Alaska is one of more than a dozen states considering what advocates call fetal personhood laws. Several states have laws that grant personhood rights to fetuses, including Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. In some states, they've been used to jail women. The trend has raised concern for criminal defense attorneys. A 2020 RUM report from the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers said personhood laws contribute to the already dangerous trend of criminalizing pregnancy because they can, quote, dramatically alter the scope of criminal liability. The House Judiciary Committee is considering the measure, House Bill 107, in a committee hearing. Representative Cliff Grow, a Democrat of Anchorage, asked if doctors who provided abortions could be prosecuted for murder if the bill became law. Abortions are protected in Alaska's Constitution, but John Skidmore, the Deputy Attorney General for the Criminal Division of the Department of Law, said the change would allow the department to file criminal charges for abortion, even though courts would likely find that use of the law unconstitutional. McCabe said that was, quote, not the intent of the bill, and that currently in Alaska, the decision to have an abortion is between a doctor and a woman, saying, it's not the intent of this bill to send stormtroopers into an abortionist's office or a doctor that had to perform an abortion for one reason or another. More than 60 Alaskans who called into the House Judiciary Committee to oppose the bill were not convinced it would leave their rights untouched. One person testified in favor of the bill. The public is invited to a fireside lecture series on juvenile salmon growth in Juno's watersheds tomorrow. 
Fish biologist Lindsay McCullough will present a lecture titled Grow with the Flow, Juvenile Salmonoid Growth with a Proglacial Watershed in Southeast Alaska. The fireside lecture is hosted at the Mendenhall Glacier Visitor Center and will begin at 7 p.m. Doors will open at 6.30 p.m. The fireside lectures and access to the visitor center are free of charge. And thanks to healthy inventory, car prices are starting to fall nationwide. ABC's Daria Albringer has details. Shocking sticker prices, which began to rise during the COVID-19 pandemic, fueled inflation for nearly three years. That was mainly because demand, especially for large vehicles, rose as supply fell, due in large part due to supply chain issues. But that's starting to change, and Kelly Blue Book suggests 2024 may be the most affordable year of the past five to buy a new car or truck. But affordable is relative. The average price is now just shy of $50,000. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Now you're up to date with your local first news. I'm Jordan Lewis.